welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. And Charlie, uh, it's been weird. Stanley Cup just a couple of weeks ago was decided and then immediately, almost immediately into the draft and free agency. And now we're about 10 days roughly away from when, when by the time this airs, from when free agency started. And um, things are, things are, I don't know if they're getting settled or not. <laughs> some teams probably think so. Some teams probably don't think so. Yeah, it's, it's crazy just to see the amount of action. We always expect that on July 1st, and it just felt different this year. Yeah. I, there's so much – it seemed to be more urgency with what, you, with what was going on, even though we have no idea when we're going to play. Right, right. Yeah, and, and teams in their financial situations, and are you going to have fans and all of this stuff, the expenses and the costs, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, to talk about that and, and uh, maybe give us an idea – uh, as best he can about what the Milwaukee Admirals will look like in the upcoming season as head coach Carl Taylor. Uh, Carl, thanks for the time. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, let's end with the Stanley Cup. You were in the bubble. Um, unfortunately, not as long as you probably would have liked uh, with Nashville's success or lack thereof. But uh, boy, oh boy, I mean, what a what a tournament and, and Tampa Bay, uh, certainly a deserving champion. Yeah, I thought the hockey was outstanding. Um, watching it on TV after I returned back to uh, my home. Uh, obviously, the finals and uh, having Dallas be there. Obviously, I have a lot of long ties with that group, uh, with their coaching staff and their management, and also with a bunch of players on that team. So um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't cheering for Dallas in the finals. Sure. I'm hoping they had some success. And obviously, they had a great run. Um, I think they lost nine games in a row, uh, six before the break and then three into the bubble. Everybody was counting them out. So that was great for them to get on that run. And, uh, you know, in all honesty, who wasn't cheering for Rick Bonus? What a great story. No he kidding. Is. Yeah, for you sure. Know, we're all hoping he was going to get his cup, other than the Tampa fans, obviously. But uh, I thought it was great hockey. I thought it was outstanding. I, it was impressive how they pulled it off. Um, obviously the bubble with the basketball and hockey and figuring out how that worked, they've had a lot of success as far as avoiding, uh, infections or any of those issues. So obviously that was a success story and the hockey was uh, very good and probably was probably the, like they've said, the hardest one to win, um, under the, all the different circumstances. I was watching that Dallas team and I said to a couple of people, um, it was interesting to watch because as you mentioned, you were in Austin in Cedar Park, uh, having these players graduate, Gurionov and Fox uh, and uh, Rope Hints, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Kling, Klingberg, I believe, was there. And, um, you know, the number of players that we saw in the not Jason Dickinson in the not too distant past that were major, major players uh, for Dallas, it was great to see. And it, it, it made me excited for the season because this year at least we thought uh, at the beginning more so than than if in if past few years there's there's a chance for some skill guys from milwaukee to to make their mark in nashville this season yeah it seems like uh, uh nashville's making an effort to uh change their roster a little bit obviously they are changing it through free aging free agency somewhat and I, I think it's pretty clear that david's on record that he's hoping some young guys come in and fight for jobs um, obviously we had a very good team last year and some of our young guys were a big part of that club. Uh, we're excited to see those guys take advantage of that opportunity. 
Um, and that's, that's healthy. That's the, this is the way it's supposed to be in the salary cap era. You have to have young guys taking jobs and pushing people out, or you just can't manage the financial side of things as you're moving pieces around. So I think Dallas has done a good job for that. With that, obviously Chicago did a great job uh, over those six years when they won the three cups and trying to keep everyone happy and uh, figuring out the money issues and all those challenges that the NHL teams have. Uh, but it is an exciting time for some of our young players and there is opportunity for them. And, you know, in all honesty, we have some guys ready to make the jump. Yeah. yeah. Carl, one of those guys that we hear, we hear a lot about is Ellie Tolvanen and there's so much pressure on him over the, uh, the last few years. He's still such a young man, but when he goes to training camp this year and, and you'll be there and whenever that, whenever that happens, uh, what do you look, what are you going to look at for him from him and to say, okay, he's having a good camp right now. Like, cause camp is different. It's not games. It's, it, 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 it's a whole different animal. What are you going to, what are you going to look for from him to see that? Okay. He has taken the jump and he's doing what he needs to do to, to be an, a regular NHL player. Well, I, like we always talk at, uh, you know, training camps, one thing, regular seasons, another thing, playoffs is a different level. And then the finals is a different level. And I think, in camp, you're looking for certain qualities. Uh, you could see Tolby with us at the end of the season, killing penalties, blocking shots, playing a complete game. Um, we weren't trying to make him a checker. He is a lethal scorer, and we want him to keep those assets. But I think it's just the confidence and feeling like he's arrived. And you can sense it sometimes with players. I believe at the end of our season, he had that. I believe he is ready. Um, whether it works out for him or not, no one can predict the future. But I believe in a very good look. And as long as he takes that confidence, obviously he's playing the KHL right now. He's loaned out to Jokerit. And hopefully he's um, learning the things he learned with us and continuing to do what he needs to do there. But with the same mindset that his sole purpose right now is to get ready to come back, make the NHL team, and then not just make it, but contribute and stay. Is that... Uh... Uh, there's, we've seen that a lot. A lot of teams uh, are loaning players uh, to the KHL or to other European leagues. Is there a concern that they come back, that their mindset, and you can say, yeah, I've got the right mindset, but suddenly they're going from an east-west game on the bigger ice sheet, and now they got to come over here and perform uh, north-south on the smaller ice sheet. Uh, is that a concern for and, and I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure how well you can answer it because you're not over there, but is that a concern for guys like Tolvanen and Trennan and, and, and you know, guys that are a need to make the jump? I think that's a concern uh, organizationally for all those players that you do loan out. Um, they don't come to the American League. Uh, the, the, the NHL teams want them to be in a winning, uh, productive environment wherever they go. Uh, and so obviously they demand that from us at the American League level. I think... Uh, there was an adjustment period for Tolby coming over from the KHL into the American League. I think he's made that adjustment. So I would say your comments are legit concerns. I would be uh, focused on those um, at the NHL level as a coach, making sure that those players understand the leagues are different. And it's not a knock on the KHL or a knock on anything. It's just different. Uh, the ranks are bigger. Uh, the game's a little different. So uh, coming back... I would want extended time to make sure those players, it's not about developing bad habits. It's about different habits and different ways of playing. We're more of a North South 
uh, North American type hockey and over there it's more possession. So it's just a little different, but yeah, I think those are valid concerns that I would be aware of and I'd be putting a plan in place in case those things uh, were evident when those players return. Carl, last year, uh, let's take a look at, at what we may see this season with the Admirals. Last year, you had 10 players score 10 goals or more for your team. Um, free agency is what it is. Uh, Freddie Gaudreau, Daniel Carr, Colin Blackwell. Blackwell was up with Nashville at the end of the season. They're gone. Perhaps Trennan and Tolvanen and maybe Rem Pitlick are in the mix. Well, they're certainly in the mix uh, to, to sh- if they have a good showing at training camp to be in Nashville. So now we're, we're in that uh, typical American Hockey League situation where somebody's going to have to step up and put the puck in the net for the Admirals in, in the next season. Yeah, I think uh, just before we dig in here, I think, you know, you sit there, uh, fans are watching these guys leave, coaches, right. players, uh, management. We all knew this was going to happen right. to a certain extent. Uh, but, it, you know, speaking from my heart and watching it occur, there's a couple of sad days for me as a coach. <laughs> for sure. And uh, I think it makes you reflect again on the opportunity we had last year with the group that we had, uh, the environment we created. Um, it makes you realize, once again, just a reminder that those opportunities aren't always uh, presented to you. So I, I, I can't, I, I have to just reflect on that and just say, you know, our staff watching that occur. And it's not a management comment in any way. They're, your teams change every year. That's just right. the way it, it, it's the nature it, of the American Hockey League. 100%. And it, it's just a realization of what we had last year and the opportunity and a reminder of that's going to be different this year. So that's, that's kind of putting a ribbon on that. Um, on the other side of things, every season is a new challenge, no matter what your personnel is, no matter – uh, what your team makeup is, all those things. But you look, what did we lose last year? What are we losing going forward as we sit here today? Well, it looks like scoring up front and, and some leadership. So uh, with those two main focuses for our group moving forward, we've added uh, Malone, Smith, Harper, uh, Lewington, and then double K is what I'm going to call them, I think. I'm starting. <laughs> so we've added some pieces as well, and that'll that'll help uh, for some of the offense that has left us. But we are going to have to mine for internal growth within the group and within the returning players. So, you know, when you look at the group that we have coming back, you know, Tommy Novak and Cole Snyder were, good, were a very good mix together. Um, they're going to put some production up. Richie had a bit of a down year for him. We anticipate him to jump back up and, and get where he was previously, and we're going to support him as much as we can to do that. And then you got to look at guys as some of the second year guys coming back that didn't probably were disappointed with their first years, like, you know, Wilkins or Craig's uh, there's some injury issues there with those guys. Uh, those are guys that we're going to expect more from. We're going to give them more opportunity as well, but those guys are, are people that have scored at the, scored at the college level. They've learned what pro hockey is all about. Uh, hopefully they can uh, grow, but we're working, uh, we're doing, virtual coaching with all our players and trying to assist them and help them to try to get an advantage whenever the season does restart or when we do get back playing. Uh, So we're working with the group that we anticipate coming back to try to uh, coach them virtually already, but it's going to be about internal growth and maybe a little adjustment in how we play. 
uh, it'll be minor, but we might have to win more 2-1-3-2 games instead of 5-4 games where we had that comfort, comfort level last year because we had that scoring ability. Um, so when you look at it, obviously it's going to be a lot of internal growth, but we have lots of good people. The culture's in place. I love our coaching staff. I think our goalies and our defensemen are in a good position. And we just really need to focus on uh, getting some more goals and, and helping these guys grow and putting them in position to be successful. And, and we should point out that the recency bias uh, about free agency is, is certainly in play here because uh, a lot of guys were signed in March, April, May, well before October, right. you mentioned we, we Ben forget. Harper and Matt Donovan and Cole Schneider and and a lot of these key Tommy Novak signed the NHL deal. A lot of these key Michael McCarron was re-signed. Uh, a lot of key players were re-signed before October 9th. So um, again, you you freak out when you don't see the big Seven names signings. coming October 9th, October 10th. But yeah. a lot of the work had been done already. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's normal because they're, you know media and all the different uh the pump up with the free agency and you know how it goes everyone's trying to uh stay current and fresh and have things to discuss and talk about and so uh scott has traditionally worked early and try to get things done uh, ahead of the curve and i think he's done a good job with that over the last couple of years uh the, the second part of that is is understanding that we do have a lot of returning players um, which is a positive. Uh, we just need to focus on, again, you know, Tanner Jeanneau had whatever, five goals last year. We got to get him to 10 to 15, you know. We got to get everyone up uh, 40 to 50% in goal production. Um, and I believe that's realistic. Uh, we're going to play a system that is uh, easy for them to understand. And there's some guys that underachieve. They should get back to average or above average in their goal production. Um, so we, we see those things coming. There's uh, lots of good talk about, about Harper coming out of college. He's a smaller player, but he's very skilled. He's going to be probably spending some time with us to start next year, and we're going to have him in the role that um, maybe he'll be elevated a little higher than he would have been the previous year with the depth that we had, but hopefully he grabs that and runs with it. So there's always good stories every season, and no one in the end, <laughs> no one cares. They're like, win, dummy. So we're going, to have to win, we're going to have to win some games and we're going to have to have some internal development. And we all have to understand this isn't going to be the same team as the previous season. And that's okay. Yeah, we have to move on. And so the, the free agency for me and those guys finding the other teams, and, and we wish them the very best. All those guys are outstanding individuals um, and great players. And we're going to be cheering for them on the other teams unless we're playing them so that they have great success. Um, they helped this team last year have a very memorable 50th season and it got taken away from us a little bit with the current situation. Nothing anyone can do about that. So our focus is going to be on the group we have. We're moving forward and we're going to get the most out of this group. And I believe every coaching staff should be evaluated uh, based on did you get the group to overachieve and do more than it was expected? And if we can do that every season, then we're going to have a successful season. It, it's like a whole... If your group is the whole is, is greater than the sum of the parts, that's your goal as a coach every year, right? To, to get more out of the guys than they would individually. For sure. And, all, and also for them to understand they have more to achieve. I think a lot of times players don't understand how much more they can give or how much more they can get out of their own game. 
And so we need to work them through that, need to help them. We need to support them. We need to build the trust. So they see that we're in their corner trying to help them. There's not one player on any team I've ever coached that you're hoping for failure. <laughs> we, we want all these guys to be great players. We want them all to reach levels that they didn't know they had in them. And we want to win an assist. And if we can do that, then we're going to have a good season. Our expectation is to make playoffs every single season in the American Hockey League. And once you get in playoffs, then you're going to have an opportunity to make a run. That's just the way it is. Playoffs is very difficult to achieve. But once you get in, the opportunity is in front of you. Uh, you know, part two of that is, you know, with the way it's looking and who knows how it's all going to play out, uh, we can't predict the future. But, you know, I would anticipate playoffs being shorter uh, based on trying to get in the regular season games, however that looks. And if that's the case, then... Uh, you know, a, a, any team in playoffs who does make it is going to have an opportunity to go all the way. Uh, I'd like you to take a, uh, you know, step back a few years to when you were, were you're a, a head coach in the, in the ECHL and you're required, you have to be the general manager and you have to sign players. Uh, give, give folks, I, I, there's such an, uh, a tendency among fans when someone, when a team doesn't sign a guy or, uh, doesn't sign a bunch of free agents to say like, hey, why why didn't we sign that guy? Like we should have had that guy. But there, there's it's a two way street. The guy wants to ha the the player has to want the contract that's being offered, and the team has to want that player. And that's not to say that you know Nashville didn't want Freddie Gaudreau or anything like that. But for people need to realize that there there there's more to it than just hey we whether we want whether the team wants that guy or not. Yeah, there there is a. Uh... There is a uh, walking together with the potential players. So when you have players and uh, this, I'm not speaking to anyone specific on this. This will be a general comment. Um, in these coasts, like you're calling agents, you're calling coaches, you're recruiting in the grassroots. You're trying to find the best guys that are going to uh, help you play the way you want to play. Uh, they have to fit what the coach wants and what management is looking for from the group. But then you have to look at different things. You know, uh, you know, Troy and I have talked about this uh, a lot, Troy Grosnick, and uh, he's been here for a few years and uh, he's decided to move on and sign with LA. Um, there's a gentleman who we just love in the community. He's a local guy. Uh, that's, that's a real tough one for the fans. It's tough for everyone. But in the end, he's got to say, okay, where am I going to get the best? Because we can't forget that, kid, that guy wants to play. I know he's 29, going 30. He wants to play in the National Hockey League. So if he doesn't see that opportunity presented to him uh, with whatever organization he's with, then that player is going to make a decision to go where he feels he's going to have a better opportunity. Um, so it's not always money driven. Sometimes it is. It's not always, it's, sometimes it's opportunity. Sometimes it's both. Um, and the money has to make sense. Every team has a budget. And if we didn't have a budget, it would be great for the players. They would have a great time. But every team has a budget, whether it's imposed uh, by the, uh, by the uh, NHL team or what have you. But they're working within constraints, just like we all are. Uh, so it's, those are so many uh, things that go into it. But you have to look at different factors, uh, how a team views a player. Uh, are, is there an opportunity to go to the NHL? Am I signing a uh, two-way contract? You see a lot of the guys that have moved on did do that. They were signing a, a two-way contract uh, with the NHL and American League team. Now, when you're making that decision, you're trying to say, okay, 
how do I make that team? Where's the best opportunity for me to work myself into the lineup? Um, and then you got to make decisions based on those things and trying to look at your future and secure long-term uh, employment at the National Hockey League level. You look at Colin's contract and uh, Colin Blackwell, he is second year as a one-way. So for him, he's guaranteed a one-way in the second year of his contract. Uh, I'm not sure where Nashville stood on that. I'm not involved in those decisions at that level. Um, but uh, that's a big selling point for a young man who's guaranteed that opportunity to, one, earn the money, but also then it's an opportunity to stay with the team because there is a level of commitment based on the salary cap and the different concerns that NHL teams are working with. That was a really long answer. I apologize. No, that's that. That's sort of what I wanted to, uh, what I was getting at. Did it, just an explanation of the process and how there's different reasons for things not happening. It's not just that, uh, you know, it's not like we're just not, we're just sitting back with our, you know, uh, hands behind our back. Well, whatever, we can't control anything. There is constant communication and uh, there's many reasons for things happening or not happening as the case may be. Very good. That was my statement. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Charlie? Uh, no, I think that's, that's perfect. We can let Carl go here. Carl, th thanks so much for the well, time. Actually, I do have one more thing. Carl, you are, are you, uh, we, I just wanted to ask if you're, you're, you're still, you're still honing your coaching, but now it's at uh, uh, a slightly lower level than the American Hockey League. That's right? what he said. Remember, remember the last time we had him on, he said he had to go get his license and everything, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Sign up to USA Hockey, pass the safe sport uh, uh, test. Yeah, I'm helping out. Uh, Matt Murray coaches my son's hockey team with the junior ads, the 16U team. And so uh, they, Matt and his family, they're, they're expecting a baby. So any uh, time now. So um, he wanted to bring me on board to help out. Uh, one, to pick my brain, but also to assist. And then also to be around when the happy occasion occurred because uh, Matt's going to be unavailable to the team. Right. So... We're in that time now. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, we were in Columbus on the weekend and had three games. Um, we won two and we lost one. Um, we go to Nashville this weekend, funny enough, for games. And so uh, we were driving down there to play a few games in the uh, Tier 1 league that my son is playing with. So for me personally, it's been great. I've been able to help out the kids and they get a different voice. Um, but also it keeps me engaged, gets me on the ice. And, uh, you know, with all the COVID restrictions and all the things going on, which are very important as we're trying to fight uh, this disease, um, it gets me in the arena to watch my son play. So that's also very important. Carl, thanks for the time. Best of luck. Safe travels to you. And uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you on the American Hockey League guys soon. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right. Admiral's head coach, Carl Taylor. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with, uh, with more of this podcast. All right, we're back doing more of this Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Our thanks to Carl Taylor. Uh, we had mentioned, Charlie, that the Admirals had uh, had quite a few players over the weekend, this past weekend, uh, make the moves. We know Troy Grosnick signed with L.A., uh, Steven Santini with St. Louis, Colin Blackwell with the Rangers, Daniel Carr with Washington, Freddie Gaudreau signed with Pittsburgh. Um, big names from the team. Also, uh, players that were on last year's roster, uh, although he was traded before that, Mika Salamaki, uh, Joe Pendenza, Adam, uh, Adam Smith, and uh, Scotty Savage, uh, that won't be back. Uh, we don't think so anyway, uh, perhaps a PTO or something down the line. Uh, 
somewhere next year. So um, things are changing, but things are changing. And there are a lot of the, the same, a lot of players who, who were here, but I mean, you look at some of these names and we, we know Troy Grosnick, he was the man of the year. He's the first Milwaukee native to play for Milwaukee uh, in the American hockey league or the IHL for that matter. Um, yep. Just, just a special human being uh, who's uh, trying to live out that NHL dream still. Um, and, yeah. Steven, and- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, Carl sort of alluded to it before. Like Troy, his last two years had played has played some of the best hockey of his career, uh, and so he needs the opportunity and he wants the opportunity to 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 play uh, a significant amount. And it's not that that wouldn't happen in Milwaukee, but he wasn't going to play more than fifty percent of the games like they did like they did last year. Connor right. Ingram is a prospect, and we are uh, that's what the American Hockey League is is develops players, and so. You know, Troy saw an opportunity in L.A. and uh, he, and he's gonna he's gonna go for it. Yeah. So uh, Stephen Santini, only one year here. He was bought out by Nashville. He was he was on a one year uh, contract from New Jersey when he was acquired in the PK Subban Subban deal. Um, he's he he was up there in plus minus. He, it kind of faded at the end of the year, but um, I really really good player and really really good for Jeremy Davies who had a, a really brilliant uh, rookie season in the American Hockey League. Yeah, for sure. Those two guys both came over in the PK Subban trade and Santini sort of provided, you know, I, I think of it as sort of provided the rock for that pairing where Dave, he can cover up some of the things that some, some growing uh, pains that Davies had. Uh, and he's more of a Santini's more of the stay at home defenseman. And whereas Davies is more offensive and he skates and he can, he can cover that stuff up. So uh, I, I think Jeremy Davies, he's going to take, he's going to take that next step. And we constantly hear Davies name bandied about as, you know, David Poyle and Scott Nickel. Uh, they like Davies and they think he's got a chance to, you know, to be an NHL defenseman. And so yep. he's got to, he's got to make that next step. Yeah. Uh, Colin Blackwell mentioned him and, and while, although he, finished the season in Nashville, uh, a big part of the Admirals for the last couple of seasons and, and good on him. Um, he's had, uh, he had some injury issues early in his career, specifically at Harvard. Uh, and he's come up to be, um, especially for a smaller guy, he's become kind of a pest out on the ice and a player that you really like to have in your lineup. Yeah, for sure. And a different, a bit of a different player at our level than he is up in the NHL, just from what's needed of him. But I, I'll, We've got such a fantastic picture of him that hung in the in the lobby of Panther Arena, that uh, it was after Grand Rapids to tie. I think it was tied to tie the game at one against Grand Rapids, uh, not this past season, but the year before, uh, with a with a one timer from the top of the circle where he scored a lot of goals for us from there, and he's just pumping his fist in the air. The fans are on the, uh, on their feet, and whoever the goalie is from Grand Rapids is dejected and sweeping the puck out of the net, and it's just a wonderful picture that uh, I always will remember that. And Zach Osborne is in that picture as well. I believe he had an assist on that Uh, goal. I think that might be his only pro point. Uh, And he's uh, immortalized in Admiral's history because of that picture. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but uh, as a PR person, I don't think I ever am too strong with the words. Other people might disagree. Daniel Carr, um, two years ago was the league MVP. Uh, or four goals was, against us. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was so good last season. 
Uh, of course, that line with Tommy Novak and Cole Schneider was as good a line as you're going to find uh, in the American Hockey League. Um, just really a great pro, a, a, a really good teammate. Uh, I'm going to miss him because some of the best conversations I've ever had with a player were with Daniel Carr last season. Obviously, we wish him well. I was really think I honestly thought that there was a good chance he was going to be back here this year. Yeah, I I think we all would have loved that. Love that to have him back. Like it, it is such a it's he's such a good example of a guy that just works his tail off, but has all the skill in the world too. Yep. So you know we think of boy, if you're going to be the grinders are the ones that work hard, but Daniel Carr was uh, had a grinder mentality, but and is just just skilled beyond belief. I I, I watched that that goal that he scored against Chicago, where he toe drags around a guy comes around the circle and is literally on he's got you know three feet between him and the goalie and but somehow pulls the puck in and roofs it from two feet in front of the goalie three feet in front of the goalie just a ridiculously skilled play and it just it makes you it it, you just appreciate a guy like that especially at our level uh you know to see that and we wish him nothing nothing but the best of luck obviously all these guys Yep. Right. We want them to have success wherever they go. The last one is Freddie Goudreau, and I hope he sticks in the National Hockey League. Uh, Freddie, um, in in six years, and granted one year, one full season in Nashville, but uh, six years with the organization, uh, just a, a prince of a human being. You're not going to find a nicer guy. I have long said that for whatever motivates a player, uh, whether it's money, whether it's meeting a significant other, whether it's meeting uh, a not so significant other, um, whatever, you know, lifestyle, whatever it motivates you. Freddie Gaudreau is the one guy that I don't think you can question that it's ho- the, the love of the game is what can, motivates him to be a professional hockey player. And, and, and we've said this before we say, and I, I I'll say it till the cows come home that Nashville signs, good humans, right? Yeah. Good people. And like, you know, we, I can account on the, on the one hand, the number of, you know, guys that were just not good guys uh, in 20 years. I don't want to go so far as to say Freddie Gaudreau is the nicest guy that we've signed, but there isn't anybody nicer, like right. any better of a human being. Can, I, I mean, can you think of one? I, I certainly can. No, he's, he's going to be, he's going to go down and I, I have a, such a big list of favorites, but he's, I, I actually, I texted him after I'd heard that he had signed with Pittsburgh and, um, I told him just that I said, you're, you're always going to be one of my favorites. I, he was a rookie. Um, boy, it may not have even been a rookie. It may have been soon thereafter, but uh, he and uh, Jimmy Olney were the last guys on the ice over at the Kern center. And I brought my nephew to the rank um, from CM and my, my wife's sister's son, Awesome. Uh, never been on the ice ever. And Adam goes out on the ice. Uh, we, we got him some skates um, and from the Kern Center rental rink. And uh, Freddie Gaudreau and, and Jimmy Olney brought him around the ice a little bit uh, and let yeah. him keep the puck around and stuff like that. I mean, just it just it, it my nephew still talks about that. It's uh, it was it was pretty special. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm for a guy miss- for a guy who had so much success. Like completely unaffected by it, yeah. completely unaffected by it. Like he never, 
scores three goals in the Stanley Cup Finals with against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Uh, and but you never would have you wouldn't have known that from uh, if he was uh, out. He still he would have done the same thing with Austin that he did then after scoring three goals in the finals uh, because that's the type of person he was. And I heard a phrase from him that uh, doesn't really reflect on the type of person that he was, but I really like the phrase and I use it now. He was talking about uh, uh, Kevin Fiala getting yelled at by Dean after a game one time. And he, he called it, and he said, Dean was rinsing him so bad. And I love that phrase. So I use it now. Uh, but I, of course, I never give credit to Freddie when I do use it. Um, I just use it as my own. Uh, it's, uh, we wish all of those guys the best, obviously. Um, yesterday, uh, as we're taping this here, yesterday Nashville signed uh, a player named, uh, well, two players, a goalie, Casimir Cascasuo, and uh, a defenseman, Ty Lewington. Um, so your goaltenders going into the season, Connor Ingram and Casimir Cascasuo, uh, I think you're going to be in a situation, and I don't know how they're going to be played. We don't know the schedule, if it's going to be um, – a condensed schedule, meaning a situation like last year where you rotate through the goalies uh, would work out fine. But, but Cascasuo has been a big time player in this league. Uh, he was an all-star last year. Yeah. So you're talking about two all-star goalies again um, in Milwaukee, which is fantastic. Uh, so you, you, you feel good about that situation. Um, your defenseman, Ben Harper will be back uh, his last few games. He was just tremendous. Um the guys just love him. Uh, and there too, another good human being, Jeremy Davies, uh, going into his second season, um, Matt Donovan, uh, back on an AHL deal. Josh Healy was re-signed. You have Arvin Atwal, Arvin Atwal, uh, Arvin Atwal, Freddie Lard. You had Ty Lewington, uh, Reed Cashman as a former Admiral who, uh, coached in Hershey last couple of seasons. He was an assistant with Washington and now he's the head coach at Dartmouth, but Reed uh, tweeted at me about, Lewington, you're going to love this guy, and the city is perfect for him. He's one of the best teammates I have coached. Milwaukee got a good one. So you're yeah. excited about that. A couple of years ago, Lewington had led the league in fights with 10. Uh, two seasons ago, that was three years ago. Um, two seasons ago, he uh, led the, he was set, had seven, which was behind nine was the most. Matthew Olivier was tied for first with nine. Lewington had seven. Um, so you got a guy that, uh, from what I gather is a guy who stands up for his teammates and makes things happen. So right. uh, the, uh, the seed, the home opener, when the Admirals played Hershey a couple of years ago, Lewington had a fight in the first period with Jeremy Gregoire. Uh, oh. um, and then had, went on to oh, have, hold on. Did you ball. remember that? Did you remember that? Or did you look at the box score? Cause I, I had, no, I remember, I remember that he fought. I did remember he fought, but I didn't remember who, and yeah. it was Jeremy Gregoire uh, at about eight minutes of the first period. So yeah, uh, so to get going right away. Um, right. So, and then up front. Okay. So there's a very real possibility that oh, hold on. before you go to up front, there's yeah. still, you know, Jared Tenorti and you didn't mention Jared Tenorti or Alex Carrier. Yeah. We're not expecting them to be with us. They're going to be given an opportunity to make Nashville's team, but those guys are, you know, <laughs> if, if they do come down by chance, uh, it just adds to the depth that we have. Yeah. And I think, I think either if either one of those guys come down, that's your captain, I believe. Right. Whether it's Tenorti, who has been the captain for the last two seasons, or Carrier, who's been in a leadership role basically since he was a rookie here in Milwaukee. Right. 
Uh, sure. I think I think that's your captain. And with the moves Nashville made to get a, a third pairing set of defensemen, uh, I there's a there's a good chance. And Nashville in the past has kept eight defensemen uh, right. for so we don't know uh, what exactly will happen. But um, if if they keep seven, and and granted, maybe that was a Peter Laviolette thing that they wanted to keep eight defensemen. Maybe it's an organization thing that they want to keep eight defensemen. Whatever it may be. Um, yeah. We, we have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this because there's a real possibility that all your centers are back. Plus you had a guy named Sean Malone um, who had spent the last couple of seasons in Rochester and, and uh, to hear Scott Nichols. He took, the Colin, he took the Colin Blackwell path yeah. to Milwaukee almost. And it's just a, and to hear Scott Nichols talk, he's, he's a rat. He's the kind of guy you hate to play against. So uh, you add him to McCarron. Uh, who's in the mix, obviously, uh, to, in Nashville. Rem Pitlick, who's in the mix. All of these guys are in the mix. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Tommy Novak. Um, Scott Nickel talked about Josh Wilkins maybe moving to a wing to give him some more chances uh, offensively. Um, so all your centers may be back. Uh, your wings, Tanner uh, on the left side, um, and depending what you do with Cole Schneider, I'm, I, I have him on the right right now because that's where he played much of last year. But uh, Lucas Craig's you look who finally after some injuries um, we started to see what he could do as the season near the end of the what what turned out to be the end of the season I think and right. you watch Major League Baseball this year and so many players Christian Yelich included in that didn't have the best season but they uh, I've heard so many people talk about well now they're getting to about 200 at bats so they're starting to crank it up a little bit and that's kind of how I felt Lucas Craig's season was going he didn't yeah, have, he was finally getting to the 200 at bats because of the, all the injury issues that he had yeah and, and it's uh, an adjustment too for guys coming from college to yep. the pros uh it's tough Yep. They, uh, Tanner Janot, uh, Carl Taylor re referenced him earlier. Anthony Richard, Carl referenced him earlier. Uh, Scott Nickel had said with Richie that uh, they want to use him more on the penalty kill this year uh, is the thought because if he's going to be successful in the NHL, his speed uh, it can be, can be really utilized. It can be utilized very well at, at the NHL level. Um, Cole Smith is a, as a rookie out of the university of North Dakota uh, I'm excited there because he's from Brainerd, Minnesota, which is oh, there you go, which is which is really cool. Um, so Cole Cole Smith is a big rugged winger. Um, you have Matthew Olivier, uh, we we know him very well. Cole Schneider, we know him very well. Patrick Harper's Patrick a rookie. Harper. Carl mentioned uh, him. Yep. You know, uh, and back on defense, I should mention too that uh, Brandon Fortunato is still under contract. From uh, yep. he played all of last year in Florida. Uh, Zach Magwood spent the bulk of the season in Florida, had a brilliant year, actually, uh, numbers-wise in the ECHL. And another guy that they signed long ago, uh, the guy who was the toast of training camp last year but didn't make the club, <laughs> Michael Hunterbrinker. <laughs> Michael Hunterbrinker is under contract for next season. So that's yeah. basically where you're at right now for this upcoming year. And unless you sign like uh, – a top scoring right wing or something like that, or left wing for that matter. I don't, I don't know where they're, where there's gaps. It, it's kind of a full roster, right? Yeah. So now right. you're at a situation where Olivier had 10 last year. Can he do 15, 16? Uh, Cole Schneider uh, didn't get 20 last year, but he's a 20 goal scorer in, in this league. And he would have yeah. got 20 if he, he played won. 54 games, right? Yeah. Uh, Tanner Janot, can he, move crank it up anthony richard's been a 20 goal scorer in this league so uh michael mccarron is a guy that you 
put him in front of the net on the power play, he's going to get 10 right. for him. Uh, so uh, there's a, uh, there's a lot of, uh, again, while we've mentioned the players who left Cargid uh, row specifically um, and perhaps Tolvanen is up and Trennan is up and that's, that's your top. I think the admirals will lose potentially their top five or six goal scorers from last year's roster. Right. Uh, besides, besides Schneider. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's, it, you're, you're looking for offense somewhere um, on, uh, but on paper, while they didn't do it perhaps last season on, that's what this league is about. That's what the next league is about is, is stepping up and being the guy who can move from the, third third line right wing to the second or first line right wing that's what yeah, it's all for, about. for sure and we as and hugo roy too by the way i need to mention hugo roy is hugo well. yeah absolutely so a guy who spent all last year in florida as well uh as fan we're like yeah we work for the team but when it comes down to it we're fans too and the, you know your first your your knee-jerk reaction is always oh my god look at all these guys that left without looking at what's still in the cupboard yep, and yeah then you look at what's what's in the cupboard and you're like oh well actually this is this is pretty good this is a, a good situation and yeah you never like to see the daniel cars and the freddie gaudreaux and the troy grossnicks of the world leave but the, again this is the american hockey league it's a uh when you have you know ty lewington played five years in hershey that's that's that is the exception and same with freddie gaudreaux here that's the exception that is not the rule uh, at least in the American Hockey League level. So uh, other teams are going to have have changes too. And all that we can do is have the games happen, play the games, which is what we all want. We don't know when that's going to happen at this point, uh, unfortunately. I read, I read something earlier today that uh, because of uh, issues at the border, maybe Vancouver keeps its players in Vancouver this year. Uh, right, or, or Edmonton does and at Edmonton and Bakersfield, yeah, that they keep their players up there. And uh, but but who knows? And, you know, uh, the American Hockey League has <laughs> a multitude of scheduling options right now. They've they've scheduled for, I'm sure, a full season. I'm sure they've scheduled for 68. I'm sure they've scheduled for 60, 54, 48. It's interesting what Carl Taylor said earlier to me that perhaps your playoffs, maybe your first and second rounds, do they become best of threes? Right. Uh, you know, to, to try to shorten up the season and, um, you know, give, give the uh, fan, give the season ticket holders some games and give the teams in the league, the chance to make that season ticket revenue as much as they can, rather than try to, you know, the, the playoffs are never part of a season ticket plan. So right. you're not going to get, the same people. You, the playoffs are are really scheduled rather willy nilly when you think about it. And so to, to to find the groups and and so on that you need to succeed at the American Hockey League level financially, uh, it's it's a darn near impossible task to do. So the regular season being as long as it possibly can, at the expense perhaps of best of five and best of seven game playoff series that I think eventually you get to best of seven, right? Once you get to the championship, maybe the, but the finals, almost, it has to be best of seven, right? You would think you would think, but who knows? Um, yeah, it's know. a, it's a, there's a, the, the AHL has so many challenges and the NHL does too, but the AHL, we don't have a $2 billion uh, TV deal to fall back really on at all. Yeah. Um, it, 
in addition, 12 of the 30 teams in our league are owned, or maybe it's 13, are owned independently. 12, 12 of 31 are owned by... Yeah. That 31 is, yeah, 31 won't be playing. Uh, 31 is, sorry, 31, oh, 31 is where we're at. Sorry, 32, it will be 32 in, uh, in a year. Yeah. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother situation because they haven't started their building, building their building in Palm Springs. So what do they do anyways? Uh, so like the admirals are an independent team. We're not owned by our NHL affiliate. So it, uh, that throws a whole another layer of complexity on the situation. And not to mention that you have 31 different markets with 31 different rules to, uh, about 31 different health departments, 31 different I think a a lot of people or some people might be familiar with what's going on in the ECHL, uh, how they're going to have, like, they've got some teams that aren't playing at all. They've got some teams that are going to start in December. Then they have more teams that are going to start in January. And Uh, SPHL, Peoria, uh, it's a 10-team league. The SPHL, Peoria is part of that, the Rivermen. They won't play this year. Peoria and four other teams in in the SPHL. And All I right. think the more northern teams, they're the, you know, the, the Indiana and Peoria and, and, and whatever. But, but yeah, they're not going to play because of the local laws. Yeah, right. And meanwhile, in Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, I don't know what the name of the team uh, in the ECHL is in Rapid City. Uh, I should, but I don't. Uh, they're, they're, they've got no restrictions. They're playing to full capacity. Uh which is just that, I mean, uh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine just opening up the doors here at well, Panther Arena and saying as many as you want? I think they play in about a 50, you, 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 Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to get political on it. I have my oh. feelings on it. There's no doubt about that. But but yeah, the, the I think what you're pointing, what, what the, the important thing that you're pointing out is the differences. There's such a wide spectrum. Between each city and each state and, and whatever, so. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Right now, the NHL is hoping January first, and you see the next person say, "Well, realistically, it's January 15th. And then I think the owner in Vegas says, "Well, realistically, it's probably February fifteenth. And yeah, I, who and knows I, what we're going to get? It makes me uh, it makes me curious that uh, about how are they going to if they're going to start Jan one, and we have no inside knowledge on this. If they're going to start Jan one, are are guys going to want to go and spend? A time away from their families for it's training camp, yeah, yeah, for uh, preceding it. And the other thing that we've seen a lot of uh, banter about online is having a game up in Lake Lucerne to start yes. the season, and how awesome that would be. I have no idea how could they could possibly pull that off, right? Like, how do they make the ice good enough? We've yes. all skated on ponds before; it's not perfect. And I guess these guys, you know, they have ice masters, but uh, uh, as awesome as that would be, I. I, I just can't possibly see that happening, but who knows? Who knows? If you had told me they were going to have an outdoor game in LA, uh, I'd have told you, you know, yeah. what? And they yeah. did. Eyebrow would have been raised. Yeah. But they did it. Yeah. They did it. So yeah. uh, anyway, back to the original idea. We, I have uh, no idea what we're talking the, about. Well, the original is that uh, while we can get caught up in free agency, the, the recency of the, of the free agent process, um, it is still good to point out that there, at least on paper, is a lot coming back from last year's special team in Milwaukee. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've gone through this before. Uh, every few years you go through it where you have guys that have been around and then they leave. And it's like, uh, 
that's 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 disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I I think though I it's this is not necessarily comparable. I think between 0506 and 0607 where we had a big turnover yeah. on players, but I think we're better suited for this year's team than we were going from 0506 to 0607. I think we're in better shape now than we were back then. I think that's a long, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I think, yeah, but I think we figured out more to uh, the use of an AHL contract as opposed to just all strictly NHL deals or, uh, and all of that. And then trying to fill in at the last second with some players. I mean, you can find um, Matt Donovan and Cole Schneider examples, a and B of the quality of player you can sign to an AHL deal. If uh if things work out right, right. And if, if, if you offer them a, a fair salary for their abilities and you offer them a nice place to play uh, and they like their teammates and the community and, and, and all of that um, Josh Healy, uh, you can find awfully yeah. good players to good sign players to sign. Deal. It doesn't mean they've given up on their NHL dream, um, but it, uh, it, it, it gives them some stability at a time in their career where, if they didn't have this, they would probably be looking, be looking to play in Germany or Switzerland or, or Austria, going overseas. Or yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we saw it a couple of years ago with Matt Donovan, if you play well and, and, and yeah. you, and, and your play dictates, you get a, uh, an NHL recalled, they're going to sign you they're, They tear up the AHL deal and they give you an NHL deal. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, yeah, this is just a, a friendly reminder that, well, we can, we, we all lament the fact that we lost so much in free agency. Uh, we also gained and, and kept, I guess, is probably more, right. more the, the term that should be used. Um, you got anything else? I mean, I could sit here up? and, and just talk and babble on for babble hours. All but... day long. Yeah. I, I yeah. wonder what the longest podcast is. Wow. That's a, that's a good question. Do... Up in Alaska, they do the uh, the the twenty four hour baseball game, right? Like the, the, the never ending baseball game because the sun doesn't set. Yeah, we should uh, we should just filibuster. We should just see see if we can do what, that. What book? What book am I going to read from uh, to just to keep us going? Right. Make it a good uh, one. Make it yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I look up here. I've got uh, a number of good books. Uh, that I could read from just in my office, including um, Ball Four, uh, which I, I this is uh, this really irritates people when I tell them I don't love the book Ball Four. Uh, I don't like the way it's that that it's written. The story, some of the stories are good, but it, it was just so difficult for me to read without getting annoyed at how how it was written. So I, I, and I know that you are one of the people that are, uh, would chastise me for my, yeah, I do. Uh, I would, yeah. uh, you know, what you need to give a try is a uh, bear town by Frederick Bachman. Uh, okay. Give that book a try. You will any relation to Richard Bachman. No, uh, you will love it. It's a town in Finland that, uh, is a small town. This, this is for everybody. This is not just for Charlie, by the way, this is for everybody. There's also a sequel, which I'm reading now. But Bear Town is a it's a town in Finland that uh, doesn't have much going for it. It's a dying town. Uh, they have the lumber industry, and that's about it. Um, but even that's going away. But everything rides on their junior A hockey team. Oh, is that right? It is and there are 
scandals and and it's led by a guy who was the one player that made it and he made it to the NHL and but now he's trying to balance his home and, and his family and and trying to make this team the best it can be and it's it's a it's phenomenal I loved it. it I loved it and now I'm reading the sequel and uh yeah but Beartown I highly recommend it Tim Van Wagoner recommends it too by the way oh is that well I mean if we're going to mention Tim Van Wagoner we should at least since you've tuned in to book talk by uh, <laughs> on this Milwaukee Admirals podcast Tim Van Wagoner former director of uh game operations for us he had a different title I don't remember what it was he has written a book it's called in the long run I read it Uh, And it's a very good book, especially if you are a runner or if you grew up in the uh, late 60s and early 70s, a coming of age tale uh, and also a tale of his uh, trek through the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. Excellent book. Uh, I I really like it. And uh, and you can buy it on Amazon and get Tim some royalties since he's retired. He needs all the help he can get. That's right. That's a good point. With that, we can wrap it up, huh? Uh, I will not offer any more book recommendations, even though I have a few. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I as do I. Um, speak. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into. Do it. it. No, hey, no, we're, no. We're, on, we're going for the record. We're we're. This is this is it. <laughs> I can't. You started I, it. I I honestly can't think of the author or the name the name of the book. <laughs> Um, but my wife, my wife reads uh, as much as she can. She and uh, she found a set of books, kind of, sort of romancey books. Uh, yeah. Not that that's all she reads, but this is what she stumbled upon, and it was basically uh, about a young woman who started to run around with the Nashville Predators. What? Yeah, and, and it's it's all fictionalized, so I don't know if they're called the Predators. But the player that she falls in love with uh, is a guy named Shay Adler. <laughs> and he happens to be a hulking defenseman. A hulking with a defenseman shot. with a bomb of a shot yeah. <laughs> from Sycamus, British Columbia. So I can't, I don't recall the, the titles or, or anything like that, but uh, th- those are out there. Yeah. And so I joked, you know, is there, Another player named Jordan One One is there, you know, just things like that. Just <laughs> Jordan One One. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, look, Google that. Google that and yeah. see what you find. But uh, I, yeah, I, 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 you know, I've told you, we've talked about this before. I don't know if it's been on this podcast that I remember reading a book. It was a David Baldacci esque. I don't know if it was David Baldacci, but a, sort of a, a mystery thriller type writer. And two of the antagonists in the book were named, I think it was Warren Peters and uh, another ca- another uh, Quad City it. Flame. You did. It was like uh, Carson German or something like yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it was Carson German. Cam Cunning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I like there is no way I know one of the guys was Warren Peters because I thought to myself, there's no way this can be a coincidence. It's impossible yeah. And it's a coincidence. And then Brent Cron shows up. <laughs> or Curtis McElhenney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. yeah. So I, I will, I got to figure out who that who's was, the what the kid, book was. The big kid that played at Minnesota, who was a first round pick for them. Um, big right wing. And he, yeah. He some injury issues. Uh, can't uh, Boyd. Was it Boyd? Uh, it was Dustin Boyd. He was nearly Dustin. an animal. Uh, he uh, was with Nashville for a short time. Um, 
Kyle something was a, a I can't think of his last name. Anyway, well, the the internet is a marvelous thing. Yeah. Let's take a look. Sorry, I. No, that's uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's so good though. That is so good. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, Chris Chucko. Jesus, forgot about. Chris Look at all these guys. I'm talking about Chris Chucko. Chris was the Chucko. Guy. Yeah. Chris Chucko was in Preds camp, huh? No, no. Dustin Boyd was. Oh, Dustin, Dustin Boyd, Boyd was. Boyd oh, okay. Yeah. Boyd. David Vandergulik. Yeah. Uh, here's another good one. Uh, David Moss. He was in Admirals uh, camp. David Moss was. Yes, he was. He was, he was in he Admirals was. camp, not Nashville. Camp. Admirals camp. Yeah, yeah. And oh. he, uh, his wife is from Waukesha. Right. That's why he was here because he skates here in the summertime, or he did at the oh. at that while he was playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Good that. player out of the, out of the University of Michigan. Good player. Yeah. Like Good I love lo- Ryan Bonney. Here's an, here's another guy who played yeah. for uh, he played for us right for a little bit. Uh, gosh, <laughs> I'm really enjoying looking back. We should have a whole podcast. Let's go back through the rosters of teams from like 06, 07, or 07, 08. I, I, will, I will find my uh, Omaha Exarban Knights hat that I bought at a sporting goods store in Wichita, Kansas. Out of, uh, <laughs> out of, there was six of them, and I only bought one, and I should have bought all six. They should were have like, got them all of them. They were like three bucks each, and I should have bought all six. And, uh, but yeah, I did not. So I, When they came into the league for their illustrious two years and they came in with the name and I, and everyone was, no one had any idea what Oxarben meant yeah. in, in, until they told you, but uh, that it's Nebraska backwards. Nebraska backwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Exarben Knights is like Knights of Columbus or a Lions club or something like that. It's a, it's a civic group charitable group the exarban knights right that that's yeah, what it was i didn't know that yeah that's i had no adopted, idea that's how they adopted the name i'm i'm 90 percent sure that that's the that's the story yeah well i have some good friends my wife and i have some good oh. friends who went to school at the university of nebraska and i told them about that name and they thought it was the greatest thing ever oh that's awesome that's so cool where everybody else in the world was like that's sort of weird well, head, yeah. yeah what's wisconsin backwards i don't know it sounds like something you know, if you play a, a record backwards, it says yes. it tells you that David Lee Roth is yes. Satan, or I don't know. Nis, or Ozzy Osbourne is Satan. Nis Noxu. <laughs> Something like that, right? Nis yeah. Nis, I don't know. I'd have to write it out uh, yeah. first before I could go there. So, uh, with yeah. that. <laughs> with, with that let's uh, let's wrap it up we'll filibuster uh, another time uh charlie thanks for uh thanks for the time thanks for uh, the book talk and uh, <laughs> going down memory lane of omaha right. nights and uh, the quad cities flames yeah tune in next time when we recap the 0708 albany river rats <laughs> right. featuring greg rollo that'd be a good one uh Thanks to Carl Taylor for joining us as well. Thank you for listening to this Milwaukee Admiral Podcast.